What's up, party people? I'm back from a week of traveling in LA and Nashville. I am just about recovered um, from staying in hotels and being on planes for seven days and getting ready to jump into my top three takeaways from the 2022 Great Legal Marketing Mastermind and Summit. Welcome to Time Freedom for Lawyers, where the goal is to become less busy, make more money, and spend more time doing what you want instead of what you have to. Bringing together guests from all walks of life who are living a life of their own design and sharing actionable tips for how you too can live the life of your dreams. Now, here's your host, Brian Glass. Good Friday morning to you guys. Um, I want to kind of recap the series of mini series of three episodes that I've done about mastermind meetings. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I put out an episode about how I prepare for a mastermind meeting, talking about a couple of different styles of groups that I'm in and then what I hope to get out of these meetings. Last week, I did a quick recap on three takeaways from a uh, LA GoBundance Spartan Race mastermind. And then this will be a recap of uh, of two things, really, of the mastermind meeting that we had with our great legal marketing high-level icons group and then uh, of the summit itself. So just the format of that one is a little bit different. Um, so let me spend some time on that. First uh, thing that we did in Nashville for two days is we had about 12, 12 or 15 firms uh, over the course of day and a half to two days uh, participating in what we call a hot seat. So each firm gets 30 to 45 minutes to present on What's working really well for you that you want to share with the rest of the group? What are you struggling with that you want the rest of the group to have some input in on? And then um, what kind of ask do you have for the group writ large? So we'll have some cross-pollination of like podcasts that people will be on, guest writing um, for each other's blogs, and just trying to figure out how we can cross-promote each other across large geographical and, and across different practice areas. Um and so we'll go through a dozen or so firms in about a week and a half and and really taking good notes and diving in. And and this is the you know, the second straight really good meeting that we've had. And in my mind, what's made these last two meetings really, really good after a couple of years of you know, kind of average meetings has been that the folks in the group now are really starting to hold each other accountable and call each other on bullshit. So you can no longer show up and say, I have this hiring problem and it's the same hiring problem that you've complained about for the last two or three meetings. People are going to start pointing the finger and saying, hey, dude, like maybe it's you. Maybe you should look in the mirror, look at the kind of people that you're attracting, the kind of ads that you're putting out to attract those people. And then the interview process that you have that's ending you up with these people. Another good example of that will be the guy that shows up every year and is like, hey, this is going to be my year. I'm really fired up. Last year, I, I cleared these problems off of my desk, and now this is my year. We had a member in, in here who just quarter after quarter would show up and say the exact same thing, and he's no longer with the group anymore because I think, in my mind, because he got some feedback um, that wasn't uh, entirely positive, and it was all constructive criticism, and it came from a place of love, but some people either don't want that or can't take it or, or whatever. But the group, as it has grown more authentic and more vulnerable with each other, has gotten much, much better and we've gotten much better feedback on what we're doing in our firm out of the group as a result of that. We talked about some really interesting things that I think not a lot of law firm owners are thinking about. So let me just hit a high level a couple of the things that we talked about, and then I'll dive into really my top three takeaways. We have guys in this group who are doing what 
uh, what they're calling a skew analysis, like trying to figure out if I open the next remote office somewhere, what is the place where I could get the most bang for my buck on a Google My Business listing? Where can I go where the market is undersaturated with lawyers, where people are still either getting into car crashes or still getting arrested for DUIs or whatever your practice area is? That is a really high level of sophistication for a small law firm to try to figure out where is their inventory, but there's no competition. So that's pretty cool. We have a lot of guys in the group now who are starting to think about culture in their firms. So this group is really for people who are doing a million dollars in revenue and above. Um, if you're a small firm still trying to make your way there, this there's, there's another group for that for you. But these are guys who have, for the large part, done really well. And a couple of them are like in the back half of their careers and really starting to think about legacy, which is cool. So we talked about books like Vivid Vision and visioning out, and I've talked about this on here before, visioning out like what is it that you really want your firm to look like and what's the legacy that you want and then we have guys who are uh, in somewhat larger firms who who feel strongly that they need to have a better firm culture, but are having a hard time selling their business partners, law partners on the the business case for culture. Like, okay, if we invested time, energy, and of course money over here, would it result in better energy, more time, and money on the back end? And so... Um, uh, one member was asking for the group for to help him come up with the, what he's calling the business case for making the cultural move. So we helped him out with that. We also talked about how do we maintain um, good quality control over our case files as the firm grows more successful and has more files under management. So one of the things that we haven't done in my firm that I think we're going to start doing is making sure that every month or every six weeks or so, we are cycling through every single case in our portfolio, having a roundtable discussion on the status of that case, the next steps that need to happen. Um, because a lot of times the lawyers, like when we go in and we look at the files, we know intuitively the next thing. But the staff, and especially our new staff, hasn't had that education. And so this will give us the opportunity to go through the entire portfolio every six weeks making sure that we're having a full team-wide discussion because my staff is really, really good at picking up on those things that we've done in one case and transferring those skills over and applying them to another case. So that's a, that's a great tip that I picked up uh, from a guy who practices out West, which dovetails into the last, um, the last kind of quick tip that I have, which is always thinking about how can I push whatever this task is to the lowest paid competent person? So we've had a lot of discussion in this group about use of uh, number one, assistance to do uh, quasi-legal and pseudo-legal work. But then number two, uh, offshore virtual assistance to do it. So in my firm, we have an offshore virtual assistant who handles all of our intake, all of our case screening. Uh, we've trained her pretty well, and she's very good on the phones, and clients like her and have no idea that she's somewhere offshore. And all of that goes into our case management system. It's a more effective dollar-for-dollar -dollar way for me to get that information I don't have to get on the phone and screen people um, anymore. And just so constantly thinking about, number one, is this a task really that a lawyer has to do? And if it's not, who's the lowest paid, competent person that can do this job well? Something to think about. Ooh, one more thing. As always, looking for like good tax savings tips, and somebody had a good recommendation for the employee retention tax credit. That's something that we hadn't uh, pursued yet, but I've now got a good referral source for that. So... Um, into now my, uh, on a high level, like the three things that I took away from this, from the conference, not so much from the, the mastermind group. Um, number one is 
this um, this idea, which is floating around at every single conference, that search engine optimization and pay-per-click marketing are harder than ever and more expensive than ever. And usually the guys who are telling you that are guys on the stage who are selling things like search engine optimization and pay-per-click marketing. And so, of course, it makes sense for them to be telling you that these things are harder and you can't do them in-house anymore and you need to hire a subject matter expert. And if you're playing, I think if you're playing in a pay-per-click field, uh, especially like in the personal injury space, which is hyper-competitive in my market, you ought to be outsourcing that to somebody who's got a competency. Like, I can't learn that on Google and on YouTube and then go and apply it. It's not the best use of my next hour, not the best use of my next dollar. But what I took away from that is not that I need to go out and find a vendor necessarily. It's that I need to maybe redirect some of our focus somewhere else. And so rather than always chasing the next technological advancement, just thinking again about how can we continue to grow our herd of other businesses that know us, like us, trust us, and might refer us business? So we are revisiting now uh, a grassroots referral marketing campaign aimed at uh, chiropractors, physical therapists, and small um, solo family practitioners. Because these are the first people that folks see after they've been injured in an auto accident. Um, we're not making any effort to go after the mass market Um or, or the branded physical therapists and chiropractic, like the joint or whatever. We're not making any effort to go after those folks. But the people who are running their own small business themselves, who understand things like cash flow, velocity of the case, uh, and making sure that it, when they give a referral to a lawyer, that the referral uh, has to go well because it ultimately reflects back on them, right? So the idea that if I am referring uh, a client to another lawyer in a different practice area and that lawyer sucks or does a shitty job on their case, that's going to reflect poorly on me. Well, that's true of our medical providers who refer us cases as well. And the the tale that I've always kind of chased here is I don't get a lot of leads from folks who um, who haven't seen any doctors yet. And so I'm not really in a space to refer somebody to a chiropractor, nor do I want to play in that space. Like if you're calling me before you're calling a doctor, um, I'm skeptical of your claim. An insurance company is going to be skeptical, skeptical of your claim. And it's just not the kind of case that I want to work on. So I've focused my, uh, business to business, marketing measures now on, who are the doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists, whatever, who I can talk to, who want to make sure that they're making a good referral to a place where the client knows – they know that the client is going to be taken care of. They know that the case is going to work efficiently. And I'm not going to come back and try to screw them on a fee at the end of the case and say, well, the insurance company doesn't want to pay very much, so you've got to cut your bill by a third or half, right? Who are the doctors that are smart enough to understand that relationships matter and that rather than the one-to-one -one trading of referrals, if they can find a partner that they can trust to finish cases in a, in a quick manner and get money coming back to them that's as close to 100% on the dollar as they can, like that would be a good referral source. So getting away from some of the digital uh, spend and figuring out how to spend money on nurturing those referral sources instead. Takeaway number two. So my dad and I gave this... Um, joint talk on the subject of leadership and on raising great teams. One of the things that we focus very strongly on at our firm is our people and making sure that our people are well taken care of, 
making sure that our people know that we care about them uh, and growing a tribe of, of leaders internal to our firm. So takeaway number two is that I think that after the great resignation and after maybe the recession that's coming up and after everybody has been working from home, people I think are coming around to recognize that the workplace is and should be a source of meaning. And many people are feeling disconnected from being in their house behind a computer screen the whole time. Um, and just the idea that your, your work should have meaning and you should work with people that you like. So what we are really highly focused on here is making sure that we are uh, hiring people that we like, number one, and that like each other, right? Like if you come to work and you like your coworkers, that's half the battle. If your boss is providing a great uh, work environment for you, it's another piece of the battle. And then all of that trickles down and the clients are really taken care of, really well taken care of, not by the lawyers, but by the staff, because the staff are the ones that they're talking to day in and day out. Probably 95% of the communication that goes on at my firm is client to staff member, not client to me. And my thesis is that if we can provide a better meaning and a better work environment, then we can acquire better talent at a cheaper rate than anybody else. And we're doing very well with that. Uh, number three, and the last last thing that I, well, I'll say the last thing, but um, maybe the last thing that I'll get into is that, you know, the people who are at the top of their game um, really have no problem sharing all of the, quote, secrets with everybody else. Why is that? Um, uh, because there are no secrets. The secret is in doing the work. The secret is in, and drafting the great piece of copy and actually sending it. The secret is in making sure that the person who contacts you who is a potential client gets followed up with quickly, right? None of that stuff is revolutionary. Speed is important. Great copy is important. Delivering value is important. Um, but the concept of actually executing on it is what's important. Executing on it, uh, having metrics that allow your team to track the execution, like those are the hard things. And it's not that there are any real business secrets. And the smartest guys on the stage are the guys, uh, the smartest guys that get onto the stage will tell you everything because they know that they're going to execute on it better than any of their competition. And they know that the vast majority of the world and even the business world is lazy and will only do, you know, a third of the things that they come back with after the meeting. So here's our business plan that we came back from that meeting with. Um, my marketing director, Lauren, and I sat down uh, yesterday for about an hour and we went through four pages of notes and we narrowed it down to here's a page of stuff that we're going to do and we're going to do it in the next quarter. And the next three pages of stuff is maybe a little bit lower value or a little bit lower priority. So if we finish the first page, then we'll get on to the next three. And the group that I have in my office is going to hold ourselves accountable to making sure that we execute on those things. If you don't have a great group in your office, it's hard to do. If you're solo and, and you're very small, my recommendation to you is that you find a tribe or find two, three, four other people who are in your similar position and have a mini mastermind with them. Have, have those discussions so that you can get some solutions to your business, yes, but then share your goals, share your vision with them and ask them to hold you accountable for it because the secret really is in the doing. It's not in any of the knowledge. So those are my three takeaways from a great weekend down in Nashville. I'm tired. I'm still catching up. I got a couple of great episodes for you guys coming up. If you've liked what you've heard, 
drop me a line, give me a, a rating, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, like wherever you listen to reviews, or sorry, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, leave me a review and tell a friend. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Catch you next time. Hey guys, if this kind of stuff resonates with you and you want to hear more from me and my friends, please subscribe. It would be also really helpful if you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. Thanks a lot. And I'll see you next time.